genre. Welcome back to Spider-Man Minute, the daily podcast with precisely aimed cinder blocks where we analyze and celebrate Spider-Man 3. One, you gotta fight the worst version of yourself a minute at a time. I'm Zach Luna. I'm Scott Corelli. And I'm Mark. And my name is Nathan. We are from the DC Cinematic Minute podcast where we review films like Man of Steel, Batman v Superman, and soon to be Wonder Woman Minute. Yeah. Beautiful. Ah, thanks for coming on the show again, guys. I appreciate it. Yeah, we've got you both here today for minute 116, which is the minute that begins with Eddie saying humiliation through his teeth and (laughs) ends ends with Venom uh, kicking Spidey in the head as they plummet towards the ground. Mm -hmm. Aerial combat. Um, So, okay, let's let's go ahead and uh, jump right to this. Um, I, I feel that at the beginning of this scene... Where he's like, kind of like how you humiliated me. Do you remember? Do you remember what you did to me? I, uh, this is, there. Uh, Sam is playing this so seriously and so straight. Like, uh, like, like, it, it's like, like as if uh, when Peter was on the black symbiote suit that he just like, I don't know, like us, like, <laughs> I don't know, did something way worse than what he actually did, which was right, uh, right. get him fired for being a, a, a dirty liar and uh, <laughs> going on a date with a girl that he had a crush on and was not actually dating. Um, it's, <laughs> it, it is so, it, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot. I don't know. I don't mm. know if he's just trying to direct this scene to cover up the fact that like, they they kind of didn't go as far as they should have with Eddie Brock, because um, the problem is that like, with we don't get any context. Like once once Eddie is fired from the bugle, and then we see him watching uh, uh, Peter take Gwen into the jazz club, right? Mm-hmm. That's that's the most context we get for how Eddie's life may have fallen apart because of. Peter like Mm -hmm. because without the context of like showing how miserable he is after what Peter did I don't think any of this is meaningful in any way um it just makes him feel like a like a capital W whiner um yeah Yeah. it definitely (laughs) does it's almost like Eddie Brock's like just uh, it's like his entire world coming crashing down was just the two things him losing his job and his girlfriend which I guess you can make an argument for like oh man that would really suck if that happened to you but at the same time you gotta think like hey hey man it's it's really not that bad I mean like I I don't know I don't know we're so used to like seeing Peter Parker and I guess wanting to him wanting to see him excel as a hero that it's like okay if someone gets off to the wayside it doesn't really matter but eddie brock Mm. right now is just like he's he's so it's so dramatic it's almost uncalled for drama yeah (laughs) because like at least with like the the uh comic book interpretation of eddie brock i guess the the og interpretation of the character 
you know, his his loss of a career at the hands of Peter comes at the cost of his wife leaving him mm-hmm. uh, and he like loses all of his money. He has to go into like a crappy apartment where he's just got like empty pizza boxes and a weightlifting set and like that's it. Um, mm-hmm. And that's that's like his life. And it's and he's like that for like six months. Right. Before yeah. uh, he gets in, he gets uh, he, he gets his relationship with the symbiote and becomes Venom. So like it was just six months of like brewing on Peter Parker being the reason for why his whole life fell apart, how, why he lost everything. That's that's way more meaningful than uh, he went on a, on a he went on a date. He used your girlfriend who wasn't your girlfriend to make another girl jealous and also, he pointed out the fact that you stole his pictures. That, like, that's it. They're not the same. They're not equivalent in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. And, and they could have, like, spiraled out to, like, an equivalent, uh, like, huge stakes in Eddie's mind if we had any access to, like, his interior life or, like, right. his home or yeah. anything. Right. Which, it's not like we could suddenly go there at the end of the film because it'd never been established. Like, if we go mm-hmm. see, like, the squalor Eddie lives in or something... I don't know. Like, I, don't know. I think I think there there could have been something there because there could have been like a really great thing where we don't see anything about him, right? We just we just mm-hmm. are like, God, this guy is irritating. He's <laughs> he's coarse. He gets everywhere. Um, <laughs> but he's Good. but he's he's terrible, right? Like we're just we're so annoyed by this like incel Eddie Brock, and he's yeah. the anti Peter Parker, and he's terrible, and we're just like, God, this guy's the worst. And then after he gets fired, he goes home and we realize that he, he everything that he was putting on was a facade and that mm-hmm. that his life was actually garbage and he had nothing except the, this desperation to get this gig because without it, he like there there's he has nothing to offer the world. Yeah. Um, it, it's it's there, one of the biggest So there's like there's like a there's a way for that to have happened, I think. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's one of the biggest um issues i have with with like with venom overall as a character that it has so much anticipation like everyone is always like whenever spider-man is mentioned there's always like venom somewhere in the shadows like like where is venom like like physically yeah so with like this third movie and it's like okay people want to see venom they want to see venom they want to see venom Mm -hmm. so we're doing it but when you think of all the other villains that have been in this film franchise, they always do a better job of like representing that thing that we always hear in Spider-Man, which is like with great power comes great responsibility. And you have people like Doc Ock in, in this trilogy. Um, Like even uh, James Franco's character does a better job of representing what he like. He's got great power now, and his only motivation is revenge, mm-hmm. and it's better motivation motivational revenge than Venom, who we keep anticipating. And even Sandman is this guy who's like, I have these great powers now, and mm-hmm. I want to fix things, but I'm, I'm I'm fixing I'm trying to fix it with like a with a balled up fist, and it's like, you don't you don't get it, man. And and all of these great villains that we have in these in this Sam Raimi trilogy and then but people still want Venom and it's like it's, it this is fit. what you want yeah. I don't know it's always it's, it's, it's like fit 
It, yeah. It, yeah, he doesn't fit, and and this is an ongoing problem. It's like every time that Spy- Spider-Man is adapted to anything, I mean, look at every animated series. Venom always pops up in season one. Always. Yeah. Um, and ah. it's and it's because uh, Avi Arad is obsessed with this character and thinks that he's a gold mine. And you know, unfortunately, the Venom solo film proved that he was actually correct, uh, yeah. as it turns out. And this one did as well because this is the highest grosser of all of the Spider-Man movies. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's I think up until Far From Home just recently. Um, oh, that's incredible. Yeah. So so it's like yeah, Venom. And it's it's interesting too because it's not necessarily a domestic thing. It's more of like the international market is really into Venom as an aesthetic, yeah. I think. And yeah, um, so it just it just sells like gangbusters overseas. I'm I'm gonna say something somewhat controversial. I think. Uh, oh boy! And yeah. And it's. I'm glad that you guys are here when I when I when I thought of this um, while watching these minutes before we recorded because um, I know how big of a fan you guys are for uh, of the Amazing Spider-Man movies. Um, <laughs> so so I I wonder if I mean I think Mark is right on in that Venom is inappropriate as a villain for this trilogy. The tone mm-hmm. isn't right. Um, he just doesn't fit. You have to change him so much. And like, I like theoretically what they did to change him, making him like Nega Peter is like a smart move, I think, yeah. um, for this uh, for this uh, uh, series of films. I think that that's kind of the only way you could really adapt him because I put don't, a, I'm not in that. Yeah. I, okay. I want to. I want right, to. Right. I want to talk a little bit about that. But put a pin in that. What you just said. I'm, I'm writing okay. down Nega Peter because I want to. Uh, Okay. All right. I want to cool. Talk a bit about that. <laughs> All right. So, so, um, so, I mean, that's that's how they chose to do, to adapt him for uh, this series, and I think it's it works about as well as it possibly could. I think for this particular franchise, because of the tone of the character and the tone of this franchise, not really meshing particularly well. Um, mm-hmm. But so my my thought was is like, what if what if they had just done. Sandman and and Vulture like originally intended or maybe Sandman and 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 something else because as we learned at the beginning of this season the reason that they abandoned Vulture wasn't because they needed to shoehorn Venom into this it was because Vulture wasn't working um in mm-hmm. the uh, right. uh, original draft and then Avi Arad suggested Venom and Venom and the black suit suit uh kind of solved a lot of issues they were having thematically um, and then caused a whole lot of other ones uh, later. Um, <laughs> Adaptation wise. Yeah, yeah. La- later on. But uh, at the time, it seemed like the, the, the symbiote was really the solution to their problems, um, the, the problems that they were having uh, uh, from that perspective. But if they had cho- went with another villain or maybe just did Sandman and Goblin and that's it, um, I think that I'm wondering if, because I think that Venom would have worked really well um, with the Andrew Garfield films. I don't think, I think again, we're in a place where I don't think Venom works with Tom Holland. Um, mm-hmm. I think that we're back to another tone where I, I just don't know. Unless the tone uh, uh, changes up drastically when he gets to college and it's less um, uh, twee and cutesy the way that the, uh, the Homecoming and Far From Home have been. Um mm-hmm. Unless that tone changes when he goes to college, I don't think Venom is appropriate there either. But I think with Andrew Garfield, I think that there was there is an appropriate way to uh, play with that character in that world. And I'm thinking about this sort of you know you were mentioning earlier, um, I think Nathan about the uh, power and responsibility 
Mark. thing. And I remember oh, it's Mark, yeah. Yeah, I remember a lot of people complaining about the um the rehash of the Uncle Ben storyline in the first uh, Amazing Spider-Man film. And I'm wondering if there is a world where instead of the lizard in the first film, you do Venom and you almost do it in a way of like like going like full blown like this is what he could be if he didn't learn that with great power comes great responsibility. Like, is there a way to have put Venom into that first Amazing Spider-Man film and made it so that he learned about that lesson, not not necessarily from Uncle Ben on screen, but in mm-hmm. his reaction yeah. to Venom yeah. as the opposite, the opposing force of his yeah. origin. Yeah. Um, because I, I, I think that there's, I think there's something really interesting that could have been done there, um, from that perspective, because I think that there's a lot of things in that film don't, that do not work. And I think it mostly comes from a repetition of, uh-huh. of people just being like, yeah, I know I saw this already. <laughs> like mm-hmm. we, we just saw this a few years ago. Um, and you know, taking it in a vacuum, I think a lot of those things are probably fine. But when you, when you look at like, you know, you're tying in his, the, the, the parental storyline, uh, specifically his father being a scientist, which comes from the ultimate universe and venom he he is a he is actually responsible for venom or co-responsible for venom in the ultimate universe um i I think there there could be a way to really tie that all together into like a really cool unique take on the spider-man origin and i think it would have been it would have fit really well with the amazing spider-man film yeah. Scott, that was like the most elaborate preface to a concept I've heard on this show. Mm-hmm. Like it was very well, uh, like you wanted to make sure we knew you weren't just saying something controversial to say it. Yeah. That was like a very... <laughs> yeah, that was, uh, that was a whole explanation. You essentially you, answered, tapestry? <laughs> you answered your own question. I think that uh, Venom would definitely have worked, uh, particularly in replacing Reptile or, you know, Lizard. Reptile. Lizard, yeah. <laughs> Reptile is a Mortal Kombat character. Um, so <laughs> replacing Wizard... Mainly, I'm going off the basis for one, if you're going to put Venom in a Spider-Man movie, he needs to be the only villain in that movie. Yeah. And if you mm. pair him with that, uh, him learning that great responsibility lesson in practice instead of just being told by his dying uncle that we've seen, mm-hmm. I think that works great. Um, but my question is, is, would that Venom still be playing Nega Peter? I don't, I don't know. I think there's a way that you could have played it where it wasn't necessarily Nega Peter, it was less Nega Peter and more of like, because I don't Just think you could do off guy. Yeah, well, I don't think you could do. <laughs> I don't think you could do reporter Eddie in that scenario because I think right. you'd have to play it closer to um, Spectacular Spider-Man, where mm-hmm. he is uh, a scientist and a little bit older than Peter, and so then you mm-hmm. could play around with it in the in a way of like, okay, this is what. Peter Peter looks up to this guy. This is the guy that he wants to be when he's out of high school and out of college and mm-hmm. working as a yeah. scientist and trying to be like his father, you know? Well, yeah. And and maybe this maybe Eddie even worked with his father like back in the day like when he was in high school. You know, maybe he was an intern or something like yeah. that. I think I, mean, I think that I think there's a way that you could have done it without it being Nega Peter and maybe more of like a, a, a something that Peter aspires to be and then realizes the fallacy in that. 
That's what I mean. It, it wasn't. I mean, that's kind of similar to what he was doing with Doctor Connors in that movie. So yeah, I mean, you're true. not really changing anything. You're just reskinning the villain. Right. I, it, right. <laughs> it works perfect. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, Goldmine even some of American. the character design. <laughs> Yeah, that even too. The, the physical shape of the fights and stuff that they ended up doing, uh, the lizard is kind of more like a big hulking venom figure in that film. Mm-hmm. You could just make it more personal and more um, direct, I guess. Like the the comparison is more obvious, and it doesn't ring us the note of the scientist friend from the previous films that we've seen. Right? Mm-hmm. Maybe. Yeah. Now I have a s- silly question about that. Um, with that by you know just because we're walking into venom as the villain would that mean that first spider-man movie of that franchise the first movie would introduce space elements because of the symbiote well i think in Mm. that i think in that world you would use the ultimate universe explanation for venom which is that he's uh it's a uh, symbiote used to cure cancer that was created in a lab by peter's father scientific okay yeah more scientific yeah I love it. Yeah, that does yeah. work more with the Amazing Spider-Man one because everything They're all science based. Yeah, they had all kinds of stuff in that in that crazy lab. Mm-hmm. Yeah. True. It, Dang, it I'm almost just makes upset. me. Yeah, <laughs> it's just a story of anyone who likes those two films. It's like, oh no, I'm just upset. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh man, that could have that could have been really cool. Because I mean, I'm not the biggest Venom guy, but if you put I'm him in not. that like a context like that, I'd be like, I'm on board with it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. The more I, can... the more I think about characters like Venom, or like the more I think about people's love for characters like Venom. Uh, even Batman or Spawn, I'm just like, I see why you guys like mm-hmm. these characters, and yeah. I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's it's the the it's really a lot of the because of the marketing, and it's just like, oh mm-hmm. come on, oh, like that that dark aesthetic. Uh, yeah. you don't. It's cool, but you don't need to slap it on every Walmart T-shirt and tell me that you're a big Venom fan. You know, yeah, <laughs> you right. Like the character, and that's a cool aesthetic, but don't don't go around with your Jack Skellington shoes yeah it's um, Jack Skellington shoes. But I, I do agree that um like i part of the reason I, I like this movie a lot is is because of sandman i i like this this villain who d- doesn't quite get it of what he's doing wrong but he thinks he can try and fix things over and over again but he's just mm-hmm. digging a deeper hole I feel like we're making huh. a thousand puns today in this episode, but, um, <laughs> Good. Yeah. but, but like, even but even then, in him doing that, like he, I I I love what you're saying, but I don't think that the movie quite nails it down because there's there. not enough time. Yeah, I, I I think I think making that like if he had I don't know ten more minutes of screen time. I think they really could have nailed down that take on the character because I think you're right. I think that is what they're going for. But like the movie as presented, I I just there's not enough. And I wish there was more of that, of what you're talking about. But Venom takes away from that. And I think including him in it is is too much. And there's Mm -hmm. not there's nothing that Venom in this movie is doing or really Eddie Brock is doing that Harry Osborne isn't doing better. Like he's had this whole setup. Like yeah. three movies, and it's like, thank you. There's yeah. your revenge character. That's right. It, I was gonna bring that up like ten minutes ago. I was like, we have two revenge characters in this movie, and it's just there's way too much going on in this film. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like it's, honestly, in the minute we're watching, like I could imagine a lot of the things Eddie is saying coming out of Harry's yeah. mouth in like a, yeah. uh, a a confrontation between the two of them. Like, do you remember what you did to me? You know, like sh- sure he 
you know, embarrassed Eddie in front of some coworkers at a newspaper, but he threw a grenade in Harry's yeah. face. Yeah. You know? And he took like his girl. Like, there's that. <laughs> like, actually, he didn't even take Gwen. Like, he took her on one date and she was disgusted with him and then ran away. Like, yeah. you know, maybe, uh, Oh, Maybe boy. Eddie wasn't so focused on Peter, he could have gone and like chatted up. Gwen. It wouldn't have worked because he's a skis bag, and she wouldn't want to skis. deal with him. But like, <laughs> but like, he can't blame the the idea. Like he says in this minute, what is it? Uh, I uh, something about his girl. He uses the phrase "my girl." Like you took away my, um, you made me lose my girl. Uh, now I'm gonna make you lose yours. Mm. Which no, he didn't, Eddie. Like Eddie lost his girl on his own, and then. Peter took her on a date that went poorly, and then Peter's not with Gwen. So it's Eddie's fault that he doesn't have, quote-unquote, his girl. Right. But there, but there is that aspect there to the whole Harry thing. Right. Mm-hmm. But, then, but then also thematically, um, going back to the pin we put in this earlier, as mm-hmm. a representation of Negapeter, uh, uh, Eddie not taking responsibility for himself is the correct way to go, I think, with the character. Yes. Yeah. It's like it's like we've got two different interesting movies that don't help each other right. when they're squished into one movie. Right. Like the the decisions made about each of these villains I think are good calls uh for the most part. Mm-hmm. It's just they they don't work together in it. And that's not about the number of them, that's just about the type of story they're trying to tell. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Cuz what what story are we trying to tell? Just like oh, I have no fake idea. forgiveness now. Yeah, that's what it is. The 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 forgiveness thing, like you know, it it's it's easy to uh to talk about how, what each person represents specifically, right? So you have mm-hmm. you have uh, uh, Sandman, which represents uh, the need to forgive. Uh, you have uh, uh, Venom. When, and Eddie, which represents uh, what happens when you refuse to forgive and you hold a grudge until it destroys you. And then you have Harry, which represents uh, the, uh, the same forg- thing. Forgiving. Same no, no, no. Thing. It actually, no, it actually. It, well, because they it, become the, together. Yeah, it, Spoilers. It, it actually, yeah. Okay. It, he, he represents what happens when you do okay. forgive. Um, okay. And then, uh, and then you have Peter, who uh, represents forgiving yourself. Um, for the mistakes that you've made so like all of that is there it's just that they don't really complement each other they're just like stakes and like like as in like fence stakes but there's no fence between them <laughs> it's just like this mass of like sticks that are on fire um it's mm. not mm. <laughs> all the cattle's gonna Spice. get out man yeah no way right um, and it does. Uh, <laughs> oh. Spider-Man 3, a mass of sticks that are on fire. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Spider-Man 3, yeah. Burning Man. <laughs> uh, that, so, neither. what was it that you were wanting to say about the Negapeter uh, concept? So, Negapeter is something that I didn't really pay attention to uh, at all watching this movie. And when you said it, it sparked something really cool. I'm a Topher Grace fan. I like mm-hmm. him. I like him a lot. Yeah, yeah. I saw this movie one because I did recognize him and I you know it was like oh cool awesome guy that I see so like my uh, tolerance for Venom in this movie is there because of Topher Grace I was just listening to um, I can't remember it was a podcast either his or someone else's that he was on and they were talking about Spider-Man and like all the things that he was doing coming out of that 70s show and one of the things that he said and that you know like what he said is that everybody you know in his circle was telling him that he was prime perfect to play peter parker 
but you know toby mcguire was there first so it was you know out of fit or whatever but he was like high school peter parker he loved it he did it i think he even maybe did a couple reads or something maybe i'm misremembering but um they when they when spider-man 3 was a thing i mean he was all gung-ho for it and you telling me now that he's playing opposite peter parker that makes perfect sense to cast topher grace as that character Mm -hmm. uh, in my mind it's just like oh okay you're and i never noticed that he was playing the exact opposite of peter until yeah really pay attention in this movie and i haven't done that for you know (sighs) 10 years or whatever (laughs) (laughs) yeah there's that knee-jerk thing when like people dismiss out of hand the idea of topher grace playing eddie brock it's like what they're reacting to is the idea of him playing a version of eddie brock from the comics which like no if you're if you have eddie brock the big like bruiser lunkhead uh guy no that doesn't make sense but for the version of eddie that they were creating for this which is a sort of dark mirror of peter not just the the outward costume of him, but like literally the character himself. That's a great choice. It's it's not about oh I I wanted to see X, therefore the thing they did you know the whatever Y they did is bad. Is that that doesn't really come across? It's what were they trying to do and did they get there? I I I still I mean I've been saying this the whole podcast we both have that like Topher Grace is a good choice for this t- this take on the character. Mm-hmm. Um it's not his fault that the take on the character doesn't fully work in the movie or that the movie doesn't fully work. What he's doing works. Yeah. The take works. Yeah. It's the execution that doesn't necessarily there you work. Go. Yeah. 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 Um, I so, and and here's another perfect example. So like after MJ is uh, is uh, dodging cinder blocks and then then uh, is uh, uh, planning on throwing one at at Venom. Mm-hmm. Um, Eddie uh, uh, is sort of plays with Peter in saying um, uh, he he's, he calls him Tiger, <laughs> yeah. which is understandable if you know anything about Venom. But once again, this is probably the most egregious version of this. And we've been talking about this a lot. The fact of the matter is never once in this entire movie does it ever even suggest that the symbiote can pass knowledge between hosts. Mm-hmm. That that is never established. The only way you could possibly know that he would know that she calls him Tiger is if you are aware of how the symbiote works in the comics, and that is that is bad movie making. That is bad adaptation. That is mm-hmm. bad execution. And this is definitely the most egregious thing. Like you can you can squint and move through the fact that he kidnaps MJ not really knowing that Peter is dating anyone, uh, especially not her specifically. But you could like, yeah, he might be able to do some research and dig it up, ask some people, whatever. Fine. But Tiger, that is way too specific about Mm -hmm. something, a nickname that MJ has for him that no one else knows. But he knows. And the only way that it's even possible that he would know is that the symbiote told him. Mm Mm-hmm. But I that, think is, was, that, that is a thing that is never established in this film, that the symbiote can do that. Yeah, absolutely. Which, I mean, <laughs> again, people like you and the rest of us that would, you know, know things like that, like knowledge transfer and stuff is like, oh, that's cool. But also, I think that 
when they were writing that line, like that is that is a perfect, perfectly written out line to give a callback to that nickname and like, oh, you're sweet on her. And like, mm-hmm. not once I think were they like, is the audience really gonna think that did Eddie did the symbiote or Eddie Brock ever really hear Mary Jane call him Tiger? Is that a thing? <laughs> right. <laughs> so I, I mean, like, I think it's written perfectly that makes perfect sense on paper but when you get into this conversation like we're doing minute by minute here falls apart sorry guys yeah (laughs) it's just just a lack of establishing things like the it works for the characters it works for what we know about the characters it works for the function of these things it it doesn't quite work in the movie as proper because the symbiote is never really not fleshed out but um we have we have such a poor grasp as a as a movie watching audience of what the deal with the symbiote is um like it like this and like last week when he made a spidey sense joke like right has, has peter ever told anyone the, that he calls the spidey sense a spidey sense no. that the spidey sense exists has he ever verbalized that to another human being period like how does how can he make a joke about spidey sense in this world right it's it's just one of those things where it's like we're, we're there in terms of, you know, characters talking to one another and doing things. We're not there in terms of the story supporting it or the whole the whole machine really working the way it should. Right. And these, these bits just stick out more because of that, where they wouldn't if the whole thing worked better. Now, mm-hmm. if it was in just a speech bubble in a random panel, if, you know, anybody was taunting Spider-Man in a panel and, you know, they said a joke about Spidey sense, would it pass then? If you're reading it with, the, you know, the comic book mm-hmm. in hand, would you be like, okay, yeah, I get it. That's just what he calls it. I'm a reader. It, it makes sense. Or would you be the same way of saying like, well, he doesn't know that. That's only like in the monologue that he calls it that. Or... Well, I think part of it is the the scope of the story that's been told. Like the movie universe we're watching is about a Spider-Man who's only been a Spider-Man since his senior year of high school. Mm -hmm. He's only like dealt with three or four supervillains in his entire career. Where if I were picking up a comic and saw, you know, somebody taunt Spidey about his Spidey sense, we've got decades of stories and people that know about Peter's powers and back and forth about how, like he could have picked it up in the bar with no name. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's it's just weird. Yeah. It just sticks out more, is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's, it's a lot of Spider-Man Three. It sticks out more. Um, it does. <laughs> um, but then uh, we get this. Uh, she gets to drop a cinder block on Venom's head. That's fun. Um, yeah, it is. And uh, I, well, I, I don't know. What do you guys think about the sort of um, the weird, like, oh. I don't know, uh, uh, a hybrid of a of a cat and a like a jungle cat and a rabid monkey the velociraptor noise that venom? venom makes yeah velociraptor what do you guys think about <laughs> oh, that about that sound i guess choice yeah i'm very glad you brought up the sound um because it's one thing that i think played a big part especially at the end of the movie obviously but um like i absolutely hate this noise i hate it i hate it so much it makes me feel so uncomfortable i hate it i hate it i hate it um but, like, it, there wasn't any crazy screeching noises, obviously, in any of the other Spider-Man movies. And if I'm trying to think about it, there wasn't really that much s- sound, like, things, like, uh, just a use in, like, those stories like it is in this one. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess you can make the argument for Amazing Spider-Man. They do a little bit of sound, uh, too, with Electro, which is kind of cool, kind of makes sense, you know, electricity and stuff. But this one was really... Uh, one thing that I do remember taking away from this movie is 
the sound. I mean, obviously, it because it plays a part in the end, but still, Venom Scream is not fun. Mm-mm. It's also not like in, intimidating. Yeah, uh, in a, a like it's a dangerous sounding, I guess. But there's this thing that happens like in the back half of this minute when they're like falling and fighting, where like every punch or like move is accompanied by a weird venom thing that he does, <laughs> and it's like you know maybe this is just that thing where like when you're reading a book and you imagine something in your brain and then it doesn't match what somebody else's take would be on it mm-hmm. but like i i my brain thinks of like venom making big noises and not like weird high pitched squeals so when it keeps happening over and over again i'm like disconnecting further from the character mm-hmm. like a- any one of these small choices i think i could have been fine with but when they stack up like his weird nose and like the the texture on the suit you know like <laughs> the less it looks like venom and then the less it sounds like venom and then eventually i'm like well i'm i'm defending their like take on this material but like boy this execution's hard for me to like <laughs> to also be on board yeah, with, yeah. to mm-hmm. also like defend. it's, a, it's yeah. a tough pill to swallow to swallow because it's um yeah. like i mean sounds like <laughs> sam raimi is like this uh you know legendary filmmaker and like horror director we know him from all these like horror films and stuff and there's a lot in this minute that doesn't come across as as scary enough um in the sense of like there's a the moment where he's about to strike peter parker like he has this mouth open and there's all these terrifying teeth like but he's about to hit him with his hand and it's like no, the mouth is scarier. Do that. Like, yeah, do something him. with that. Yeah. <laughs> and the cinder block is scarier than the hand. Like, that cinder block <laughs> almost hitting MJ is, is, like, when I was watching the minute, I was like, oh, that actually terrified me. But it's like, the hand is not scaring me. The The scream is not scary enough. Like, do something, I don't know, like John Carpenter-esque with the mouth and, mm-hmm. like, do something there. Like, because that's terrifying. Mm-hmm. Why isn't he going to, like, bite into his neck or something? Yeah, the fact that yeah. there's no real body horror in a Venom story is insane to me. Yeah. Like, I, that, it, it feels so obvious that this that should be what this is. And not to mention the fact that, like, just simple things that they don't explain, like why he looks like spider-man like they never even bother explaining he doesn't he never justifies the fact that he looks like spider-man he just Mm -hmm. does because that's what venom looks like so Mm -hmm. uh, i guess uh like (laughs) there's there's no there should be some form of an explanation as far as like maybe he shows up in just the jet black suit and then he forms the spider in front of him you know, like as if like almost to mock him or something. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. At least that's somewhat of an explanation, but there's nothing here. There's just like, well, he looked, he kind of was a black suit Spider-Man before. So when he moved to Eddie, he just like did it, but like meaner looking. Yeah. I, it's stupid. It's, <laughs> it's stupid. It's missing a conversation where Eddie is like, like so angry where he's like, I want to be Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Like I want to be Intimidation. that. And or, the symbiote uh, is like humiliation. Yeah. 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 That like but we don't have any scenes of Eddie by himself contemplating anything. Mm -hmm. No. Like ever. I have I have one question. Um going back to the whole you know, look of venom, sound of venom, all this stuff. Is this obviously I mean last 
movie, we got great scenes with, you know, Doc Ock in the room. And that was horror movie. That was Sam Raimi horror. Is Venom in this movie supposed to be more Sam Raimi horror? Because I... It doesn't feel like it. Don't... It doesn't feel like it. But, like, I mean, when you say the things like the sound, like, that's supposed to be a horror movie sound or, you know, just like even mm-hmm. the, the teeth and the, the black goo tendrils and whatnot. It's horror movie elements, but you're like, you, you just open the door. You it. didn't, yeah, you just walk, you didn't, you're not walking through the door. You, you, it's a jar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I almost wonder if, uh, cause I know that at the time of this coming out, there were rumblings and um, uh, possibly some like full-blown development on a Venom spinoff film. Uh, And so maybe the thought process at the time was that we don't want to make this character too horrific because we want to turn him into an anti-hero type character later on Mm -hmm. um, in his, in his own series of films uh, so yeah. like maybe maybe that's where it was coming from because it I, I've mentioned this before but like it, it it boggles my mind that Sam Raimi of all directors doesn't look at Venom and see a a perfect uh one to one with like exorcism demonic possession iconography like a horrible demon coming from the depths of hell right to because, attack. because yeah. they already they even have the church sequence in this. So, mm-hmm. like, it, it feels so obvious that you're already playing with uh, Catholic imagery that you would adapt Venom in a way that is uh, uh, demonic possession, exorcism mm-hmm. kind of thing. And he doesn't at all. He doesn't even he, – he, the closest he gets is the church imagery, um, which yeah. uh, comes – is lifted uh, directly from the comics where it came from. Um, but it's it's weird that – he just doesn't have a take. Like there, there's no good take on Venom. It's just let's make it look as closely to Venom's first appearance as we can, and that's it. I will, I will say this for this minute. It, it has my single favorite shot of Venom in the film, but that's only because it is so distinct and different from all the other shots of Venom. So for the most part, you might not even notice it, like on a cursory watch, right? Because we have you know, Eddie in his face and then the thing covers him and he has his big mouth and it's not that scary and lifts up his hand. It's not that scary. The cinder block hits him. You know, all that is just kind of the same venom we've been seeing. But there's a bit about 43, 44 seconds into this where uh, Peter gets his uh, wrist free from the, um, the webbing stuff and he grabs venom. And when venom turns back to him, like 43, 44 seconds in, there is a shot of him where his eyes are bigger yeah. and his teeth are different. And it's, it almost looks like a practical puppet mm-hmm. that they put in there and then did some CGI enhancements on. It is a little window into what could have been mm-hmm. if, if Venom was actually scary. Because that one shot at like 44-ish seconds when he just turns around and yells, and even the sound is a little different there. I'm like, oh, that's the vibe I'd be hoping for. Mm-hmm. That's that's more what I'm looking for, not the just like big grinning, um, not toothless because he's got a lot of teeth, but he feels toothless. <laughs> <Yeah>. You know, <laughs> I, I I also think that one of the mistakes they make with the sound design of it is that there's not any 
I mean, we've talked about how they, they needed to probably warp Topher Grace's voice mm-hmm. a little bit more when he was talking yeah. to the Venom suit, um, just in general, or, or warp it like differently, maybe just like layer it or something um, with, mm-hmm. a, with a deeper tone. But the fact that there's no Topher Grace in those screams, I think, is a mistake. I, I, I think that layering, if, if you're going to do the, the, the raptor scream, I think it could have been interesting to uh, have it yeah. have like a base of Topher Grace doing it just to add this extra level of creep of just like, oh, there's a guy in here. This isn't just a, a mindless creature. There's a man in there mm-hmm. and mm. he is he is doing this, you know, um, because what you what you end up feeling like and I feel similarly yeah. in uh the venom uh solo film um i think is that you don't really get the sense that eddie is in control at all that that he is mm-hmm. he is fine with it and he is he's given the thumbs up the internal thumbs up but the symbiote is taking over and doing all of this um and i i mm-hmm. just i feel like you're you're missing out on the the fact of the matter which is that eddie is venom the symbiote is venom also they are venom together like it, it is a team effort mm-hmm. they are both in control like they're both doing this and you never get that sense in either of the films it just feels like uh uh, uh eddie is allowing himself to be possessed by the symbiote i agree it's, it's two yeah. it's two characters yeah. Yeah. and it's <sighs> it's not it's not enough it should be it should be better than that but <laughs> anyway to be yeah. honest, anyway, yeah. To be yeah. honest, I had three months to watch Venom and I did not. So, forewarning you guys, I have not seen that movie. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, Sorry. it's not. Really? It's it's a different kind of movie. I mean, you just you kind of have to accept mm-hmm. it as like a. It's a buddy cop two, movie. I mean, that's essentially what it the is. The two buddies are Venom um, and Eddie. Yeah, it's a buddy. It's like a, oh it's a comedy. <laughs> like it's, it's it's funny and it's meant to be mm. funny. You canceled um, your what subscription? Yes. Oh, yeah. stars. It's also I kind of a Star I Wars. My like, stars. What's a Star subscription Wars so we don't have any more? <laughs> <laughs> stars? Yeah, it was what on there it? the whole time. No. <laughs> D plus. Had, I had stars for a bit, and uh, I kept looking at it saying, I should probably watch it, and I didn't. Yeah, That's you have to right. go in with the right mindset, which is that it's not it's not a darkly broody weekend. Venom movie like like you expect it to be. It's actually like it's, it's, it's like Lethal Weapon or something, but with that's like that's, that's, that's the movie. Eddie and the symbiote. <laughs> lethal Weapon. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Uh, I don't think we're going to cool. top that. They do the cool shots of Peter's Anyway, yeah, so this minute just ends with the, uh, Spider-Man yeah, and Venom yeah, falling that's, in style. Uh, that's great. That's, um, I mean, yeah. exactly. Whew. You know how many bad guys I've stopped in that video game with those? Oh, the impact webs. Yeah. 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 yeah that's a good <laughs> time event right there. Yeah, it is. Yeah, There's X. a lot of quick time events in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> they were like this is going in the video game hey buddy yeah. take a look at this yeah yeah for sure <laughs> um i'm wondering i wonder if i don't remember because i did play it uh mm-hmm. and and i remember enjoying it 
Um, and I didn't understand the, I felt that the, the criticism of the Spider-Man three video game just came from the film itself and not the game. Uh, cause I thought the game was just about as good mechanically as Spider-Man two. I think people just said that it was worse because they didn't like the movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, but I don't remember how, cause they always tend to like interpret things slightly different. Uh, in the video games and I wonder if they changed anything about Eddie I might have to look that up and investigate that maybe we'll do that on a weekend bugle or something um, yeah yeah because it I'm, I'm, I'm curious because I remember playing it but I don't remember uh, how how if at all they changed uh, Eddie Brock and, and Venom in the in the game um, but uh, something something to investigate perhaps maybe it's better yeah um, anyway, I think that's all we got Stay for this tuned. one. This yeah. Is, that's all right. Yeah, yeah. This was, this was, this was a really good conversation and we've got four more of them this week. Um, <laughs> but, uh, in the meantime, yeah. let us know, uh, what you thought about all of the things that we, we talked about. Do you, do you just really, really hate my idea for <laughs> changing up <laughs> amazing Spider-Man? Uh, let us know, uh, join the Facebook group. That's the Spider-Man minute friendly neighborhood listener group over there. Uh, comment over there and, uh, let us know what you think about all the things that we discussed today. And we discussed a lot. So there's a lot to talk about. Um, let us know over there. That's the Spider-Man minute friendly neighborhood listener group on Facebook. And we'll be back tomorrow with minute 117. Bye everybody. Bye.